All right. Ready? Let's get this bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. It's the best motivational start. <laughs> I do love bread. <laughs> Welcome to podcast of Pretty Little Liars podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Pretty Little Liars one at a time, spoiler free. My name is Emily. I'm Kelly. And I'm Addie. This week we are discussing season two, episode one, It's Alive. Did we just skip a lot? Yep. I feel like we skipped a lot. <laughs> no? What? Oh yeah, I did. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Emily and Kelly have seen all of Pretty Little Liars. And Addie is experiencing the show for the first time. This week, we're discussing Season 2, Episode 1, It's Alive. This episode was written by I, Marlene King and directed by Ron... I should have practiced this. <laughs> Ron Lago Marcino? Lago Marcino? Sure. Okay, I'm going to say that sentence again. This episode was written by I, Marlene King, and directed by Ron Lagomancino. It's Alive originally aired on Tuesday, June 14th, 2011. And this is the one where the girls are the talk of the town, and not in a good way. Ian's body is missing, and with the entire town of Rosewood questioning exactly what happened at the church, Aria, Emily, Hannah, and Spencer have a lot of explaining to do. Lucy, last... you have some explaining to do. <laughs> uh, last week, Addie's predictions included that Ian is alive and Spencer is going to learn how to show some normal human reactions. Spoiler alert, she did. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, she did a really good job of having a human reaction. I know. Yeah. She did a few of them this episode. There were a lot of upgrades this episode. I mean, this uh, season. Yeah, we're starting off strong. Let's get this bread. <laughs> uh, previously on Pretty Little Liars, Ian's videos, Jenna and Garrett, Fitz was engaged that one time, Caleb likes Hannah, but Mona sucks, Emma's moving to Texas for a year, Toby and Spencer, Ian is dead, but where's his body? Sleep tight, bitches, while you still can. Oh, that's not right. I don't know if it's that's fine. Right. I typed it like five minutes after the previously on. I was like, oh, I should put that in there. So the sentence could be wrong. They definitely said bitches and they definitely said sleep tight. Mm -hmm. Sleep tight while you still can, bitches. Sleep tight, bitches, while you still can. It makes sense either way. You can put bitch anywhere in a sentence and it usually makes sense. Same with fuck. Mm -hmm. It's a good word. Very, very versatile. Did you watch The History of Swear Words on Netflix? Yes. I sure did. I haven't watched all of it. Oh, We've man. watched Fuck and Cunt, I think. 
Oh man, it's so fun. I I I'm gonna watch him again. To be honest, yeah, I love. I like, I like a good Nick Cage thing. Nick Cage, good or bad? <laughs> oh, poor Abed. Yeah, he lost his mind. That's fun for sure. All right, so this episode starts out with Garrett being so shady, and like. Yeah. Every cop in this town is not a good cop. I mean, like every thus cop far, most we have places is not well, a good cop. Just saying. I was, guess uh, was it Winslow last season? Was that his name? Oh, Wilden. Wilden. I was going to say Winston. <laughs> At least I got the W. Yeah. Wilden yeah. It seems like this PD department doesn't really. In that theory, they're cops too well. In theory, yeah. it seems like Garrett's trying to do like a good thing for the girls, but we know he's on Jenna's side. So like, uh, but, there's no in theory. He's definitely not. But doing can't he good. be on both sides? Like maybe he not just like really. wants good things for everybody. Well, well why he was knows- he helping them blackmail Ian again? That I forgot. Um, because Ian's a dick. I guess it's just it was weird that like all of a sudden he was like because they have the footage and right guys I honestly don't remember the second half of the first season like I know we watched (laughs) it together but I don't remember watching it together Hannah gets hit by the car by the car and then like a lot of stuff happens after that and I was having a hard time remembering some of it well because they have the footage the footage has Jenna admitting that she's like assaulting her stepbrother Toby. And they don't want that footage out, so he's gonna help them blackmail so they can get the footage, and then he'll have all the copies. So he helps uh, Jenna that out. Sense. So he's just trying to make sure that that one video doesn't get out. I mean, he's trying to I help think so. Jenna in inappropriate ways. Yeah. And then, like, I'm sorry, but they use Jenna in, like, the creepiest ways. I called yeah. her this episode ominous Jenna. <laughs> She's just like, like she disappears. But also, but also, what I don't understand is like, like I get that blind people can get around, but like she just is always in, and this is like a writing thing. But she's just always in the like the right place at the right time. Like, there's no way that any one person could just always be creepily standing right where they need to be. I mean. With enough determination, she's, you could. She's just, she's always like ominously standing in the corner staring at nothing. It's ominous Jenna. She's, they, they um, I, think, present. I think one of the best lines of the start of the show is when they're all talking about Ian and Emily says, it's probably on its way to a meat grinder talking about his body. I left really Ar- hard at that one. And then Arya goes, you need to stop watching all those horror movies. I liked when she called <laughs> yeah, him a zombie. I liked when she was like, oh, like, unless we're saying he's a zombie, somebody had to have moved him. I wish he was a zombie. That would be better. I feel like that yeah. would change up the tone of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the title is It's Alive in this episode. 
So which is uh, Frankenstein? Yeah, that's like a that's like a Frankenstein's monster deal. So okay. yeah, isn't that isn't that part of the studio tour? It's alive. Uh, yes. Uh, Actually, so, no. I think it's part of special effects. Mm-hmm. You might be right. And one of those, one of the Universal shows. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, and then so then you cut from the creepy dark alley where Garrett like pulls over, and like mind you, I don't think that they can just like transport them to the police station like that. Especially because she asked for a parent. Yeah, and like you know what I mean. And like I get that he wanted to like, like get on the same page as them to like prevent them from talking about things that he didn't want them talking about. But like, I'm pretty sure just like taking four minors like that out away from a crime scene without any of their guardians present is like easily grounds for like dropping charges. If it came up. Well, we know that they're all pretty dumb. We should they be. They don't really follow any. We should be friends with a lawyer. But yeah, I thought it was also kind of dumb that we skipped the whole interrogation. So we didn't even get to see what went down. There was such a yeah. lead up to that. And then they were like, oh, A sees everything. <laughs> yeah, so they're so just like, oh, we're Jenna. so we're so tired about all of this, all the from all the questioning, but we don't even get to see what kind of questions they were asked or answered. Yeah. Well, and then so then they went straight from being like, "I'm sorry, but if I was a parent and my child was like brought in for questioning because, in theory, they made up a dead body, like they wouldn't be sleeping over at a friend's house that night." Well, but then also like. The parents respond really bizarre. The parents respond so weirdly. Like, I I do want to point out that Spencer being like amateurs about the coffee made me laugh really hard. Oh, yeah. Because Hannah's like, your coffee gives me the shakes. But like the parents, what to me was really bizarre is that. So Allison's what? She's been dead for a year now. Uh, just yeah. a little over, yeah. Year so a little over the year, a year, and the parents are like, "Okay, now we think you guys need therapy to get through this grief." And I'm like, well, what? Allison, Allison it's a was year only later. missing for a year, but she, that's still very traumatic for your a group right. of friends if she's your best friend. I mean, right? Well, I definitely don't think that their decision to seek grief counseling a year later was smart, but like. I'm proud of them for doing it at all because these girls really do need therapy like bad. Yeah, definitely. I'm from this isolating therapist. Yeah. I don't like that. She is telling them they can't socialize with one another. Like I get trying not to be codependent and everything. Cause that's what they're doing. But like when you go through a trauma, you need your friends. Yeah, if you think... need a support group, you can't um, be told to just stay away from your friends, well, especially everyone thing... who experienced it. Yeah. Well, the thing that I think is the big issue is that this therapist is making like a diagnosis and the parents are agreeing to a diagnosis based on a very small subset of information. True. 
because like these girls are obviously not telling the whole story. So I'm wondering if the therapist's goal in getting them separated is like if she can keep them separated for a couple of days and then like have a session with them, like maybe one of them will tell her something when she can't like, you know, like maybe Aria will say something if like she can't look at Spencer. Well, yeah, but you can accomplish that just by having them go to therapy on their own, not telling them to cut each other off entirely. Well, like my, my thought was that maybe she was trying to prevent them from like all coming to a plan before they go to a session, you know, like, oh, if they can't hang out, then they can't like come to an agreement that they're not going to talk or whatever. I don't know. It, it doesn't seem smart, but, but also as a therapist, all she's working with is the two sessions that she had. Hannah showed up like super late and they wouldn't talk until Hannah got there. And then know, they, call, like most like they call the second end. session and they're like, okay, bye. Yeah, but most like, therapy, it's like you don't dive in right away. Like yeah. that's the thing. And especially when a bunch of, you know, 16-year-olds are forced to go, they're not going to talk all right away. And even if you separate them right away into their own therapy sessions, they'd probably warm up to it. But I think that was kind of going nuclear to be like, don't have any friends. Don't be around each other. That's yeah. not part of the healing process. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not like, I'm not sure that it like, that it like should have been a full isolation, but I kind of like, I understand the idea of why she may want them to separate, but I think just cold Turkey, like having her parents go in and be like, okay, look, your therapist thinks this and we agree. And like, from what we've seen, they have had they've had two sessions that they've barely talked to this woman. So like her making this drastic of a decision just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It like I, it's ridiculous to go that hard. like my grandma's a marriage and family counselor, so she does therapy for like teens. And not that we like talk about her clients cuz she can't, but this like doesn't seem like something my grandma would do. Yeah. Like it, just, it doesn't seem smart. It's, in my experience, an unrealistic thing for a therapist to say. We gotta dramatize it for TV. We do. I like that they meet in a greenhouse though when that happens. Like, yeah. and they need to talk. That's a that's a neat little hideout. The the f- note that I had for that was like. Cool. So they stand in the middle of a street and have a conversation in the complete open about A when they've had this secret greenhouse the whole time. Yeah. That's like, how why aren't they works. why aren't they having all their secret conversations there? Because the budget grew. <laughs> <laughs> um but the the other thing that about the um, parents approaching the girls to tell them that like they are going to see a grief counselor, the thing that like that uh, Emily's mom said that just about made me want to slap all of the parents across the face was Pam says, "I believe you, but it's the way that it looks that concerns us." So it's like cool, maybe we think you're telling the truth, but the truth looks bad, so you're going to go see a therapist. Like that's not the way to get your child 
well to, like, i think it's also she's therapy. well she's trying to also i think show them right now that what they're saying on the outside has some <clears throat> on the outside has some legal ramifications as well as the town is kind of gonna hold on hold on hold on you're doing great kid keep it going <laughs> All right, start that thought over. Um, that on the outside, the small little rosewood, people are going to start rumors. There could be legal ramifications because it looks like, say, if they find Ian and maybe it sounds like Spencer tried to shove him because there's really no evidence that she was pushed. I think the mom is just trying to say, we believe your story, but you need to like look at it from an outside perspective of what is going on and how serious this is and how other people are going to perceive all of this and it's going to get out of hand like we need you guys to kind of take a step back like we're here for you in a way wasn't right but I, I don't know it just seems like if if I was trying to explain to like my parents and the cops that some guy tried to like murder me and then got murdered instead like them being like cool we hear you but we don't actually hear you so like you're just gonna go to therapy because it makes me look like it just it seems like but it's emily's mom it's not spencer's mom saying that yeah well and then spencer's mom when spencer's like you do believe us right doesn't even answer yeah i mean they've had a rocky relationship so like none of none of these parents like seem to be interested in potentially thinking that their kids like are dealing with something else they're like they're also like narrow-mindedly focused on the alley thing it's like they're it's like because well, it's that, tying like, all oh, it's tying all of them into a possible like link to her murder so they're very yeah. scared and worried about that so like the stakes have been raised for this one so i get where they're trying to tell the girls like listen we believe you but like we have to cut through the emotional part to see what's going on and yeah get well to the and then immediately like um kicking toby out because and the dad uh spencer's dad straight up says this like it's it's about you know i don't know what you did to earn this reputation but you don't have a good one so you can't see my daughter like they're they're isolating the the girls from like every angle now well, no one really liked Toby, though. Yeah, they never liked Toby to be. Yeah, so that one, like, that one didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> well, nobody likes Toby because he's got a reputation. Exactly. That, and that's yeah. that just looks said. bad. So it's all, but it's all, like, they're isolating the girls specifically based on reputation. Like, it's not like, oh, you're a bad influence on Spencer and you're the reason that she's, like, a suspect well, I mean, he, in the murder or whatever. It's just... If they think he set the fire that, like, blinded Jenna, he's going to have a, I mean, at that point, everyone thinks he's got a serious problem and is yeah. a bad influence on everyone. So that I didn't mind as much. I mean, it's just a Toby bummer. Again, but it just but like, it made sense. It's just a bummer. Um, and then I forgot, I guess. So did Maya's parents move out of the house after they found the body? They, I don't think I know, it's ever specified. Because I know that, like, Maya got sent away. Yeah, she got sent to pray the gay away camp. But, um, 
but Garrett and Jenna were talking about the Jason thing and Jason moving back into the house. Is that what the Jason thing is? What is the Jason thing? We don't know. This is the okay. first time it's being brought up. Good. I was pretty sure we didn't know yet, but then I was nervous that we did. And I was like, I don't know what I can say. Okay. Yeah. So the Jason thing is something that Garrett and Jenna are talking about. And just to throw it out there into the world... I don't remember what the Jason thing is. So I think I remember, but I'm not positive. We'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, creepy, dark conversations in an ominous car, to use Addie's word. <laughs> it's ominous, Jenna. It's yeah. a good word. Everywhere. Um, and then we go to school the next day. And, and- Canole shows up. Canole! Canole is back! First, we find out mom's moving back in. Oh yeah, but that, that gets <laughs> that gets trampled right over. I I literally spelled it cannoli like the dessert. I was like oh. cannoli is back because I've just uh, swerved all the way into calling him cannoli. Is he Italian? Do we know? I have no idea. I don't either. Uh, His name's Noel Khan, so it doesn't really sound probably Italian. not. <laughs> um. And then I don't remember why he got suspended in the first place. Something um, with Mr. Fitz, right? I think he talked back to Mr. Fitz or they got into a fist fight or maybe they, I don't remember. Oh, was it, did A get him suspended because he was going to tell the school about Fitz and Aria? They like, A like put tests in his locker. I think I think that's what it was. Is he had like test answers in his locker that were like stolen from some teacher, and A was the one that did it. Because I think Noel was going to expose Arian Fitz, if I remember correctly. Well, I knew he was going to. I just here, let me Google it because if I get spoiled for something, it's not a problem. I just almost spelled Noel with a K. Canole. Yeah, because he writes on their window okay. when they're making out in the car. Oh, yeah. He got suspended for cheating on an exam. So oh, wait, a- because he want no, he, um, because he got a bad grade on Fitz's paper. Oh, and, and he, he was trying to blackmail Fitz. Yep, he tried to threaten that he was gonna say that Arya and him were doing the dirty. Yeah, and then, well for him. they're in the hallway, and those mean girls are doing very loud gossip right next to Hannah, and my note on that was Mona's kind of a good friend sometimes when she isn't busy being a bad friend. But at the same time, she comes up, complains about how people are gossiping and spreading rumors to then follow right into spreading a rumor about this girl. I'm like, she is always a horrible person. I was like, what a comment, Mona. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, she's not the best person. Uh, Mona sucks. That still stands. Yeah, and then Fitz calling Arya, <laughs> adding it to the prediction list. That's uh, just then, on a general note. It's not a prediction, just a general yeah. overarching feeling. Um, um, 
But yeah, then then Fitz is like, um, Aria, I need to speak to you about your essay. Yeah, like, dude, the boy that knows you're hooking up just came back to school. Why are you talking to her at school? Again, none of them have any common sense. I mean, this is an adult dating a child, so again, no common yeah. sense. Oh my god, no I sensibility. So many, I have so many comments about the conversation that they have in his apartment later. Um. So, and then what else? There's not the next two things that happen. I like didn't have much to say about. So, like Spencer goes to Toby's, and Jenna's like, "My family doesn't want you seeing Toby." Bye, and like closes the door in her face. And then the realtor is at M's house and is like, "You have to put away all your personal stuff because people like to imagine their own stuff." Yeah, he made, he wanted her to paint over the wall with all the markings. And then wait, wait, Toby wait, came wait, to wait, save wait. the day. Why was she watching the like Ian's videos on her laptop yeah. with her back to the open door of her bedroom? And especially like, the Toby video. If you're looking at that kind of shit, you close the door. I wonder if she's yeah. not allowed to close the door because her mom's then super you strict face right now. The door. You have the like you computer sit on your screen. Bed. Yeah, and you have like the back of the computer facing the door. Listen, use your brain. Put your headphones in. You know? Emily, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I find so weird is like the A scene at the end, too, where like um Oh, they're just in Emily's house going on her computer and deleting yeah. her hard drive? Yeah. Like, like, what realtor would let that happen? And what, like, what person that knows that their house is being shown? Because, like, the realtor has to give them, like, a certain amount of time in advance to know that someone's coming into the house. So, like, the um, the Fields family would have all known that they were going to be there. So, like, if I was Emily, I wouldn't have just left my computer sitting out and open on my desk. Well, they might not have, like, it could have been while Emily was at school. So, like, she didn't know. They, like, called. You have to to give them, like, 24 hours notice, though. Like, there's, like, a significant amount of notice. Right. But, like, her parents might not have mentioned it to Emily. Mm. The realtor only has to tell mom and dad. That's true, I guess. If it was Plus like also, how- these girls are dumb. I also don't leave my computer they- out and open like on any given day for any given reason. Like if I walk away from my computer longer than to like go pee, I close the lid. So that's just like a like a force of habit. So Yeah, but they're all dumb. I that's true. Keep standing by yes. that statement. They leave well, their mean, phones everywhere. They leave in their, their defense, they're all sixteen. I never so left like, my computer open like that willy-nilly. I wouldn't lose my phone. Or lose that's my true. Purse. Oh. I had common sense. I didn't try and blackmail people when I was in trouble. Um, so then we get this scene that, that like I had a lot to say about, which was Spencer's family being the absolute worst to her for kind of no reason. Which time? Um, when Melissa is like crying on the couch and Spencer comes in and is like, oh, Melissa, like, it's good to see you. And Melissa's like, I don't want you anywhere near our baby. And oh, it's like, yeah. but I don't mean. understand. And then, and then Spencer says that thing where it's like, you have two daughters, but you're only protecting one. The other's just a complication. The thing that I don't understand is like, okay, yes, Spencer is 
has been annoying and has made like some serious mistakes, but there's like the way that they treat her, there's not like evidence that she deserves it. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're all just still so mad at her for kissing Ren. I feel like it's been this way her whole life that like they've looked after Melissa before they've looked after Spencer. And this is yeah. just a continuation of it. Right yeah, now, like, Melissa is the easier person to support. I don't know. Cause like the like the thing the thing to me is it seems like Spencer hasn't lied in a bad enough way that they know of that like she deserves to not be trusted to the extent that they don't trust her. It has nothing to do with that, I don't think. I think it's just like their entire, the children's entire life, Melissa has been better than Spencer. So in this moment of a very big Spencer versus Melissa moment, they are going to side with Melissa because she's always been the better one. And And now, like, because they're supporting Melissa because she's the favorite and Melissa is very much against Spencer, you have to be very mean to Spencer. That's their only logical option. And it's always been a super competitive family. And they always have to project perfection. And Spencer, in the last season and now, is not doing that at all. So they're going to really punish her even further because they're so strict. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, they're just, they're so mean to her. It It's almost like, why why did you have a second kid? Maybe it I was mean, an why did Why did they have any kids? I don't know. They protect Melissa and love her so much. Do they love her? I don't know. Or do I, they just love what she looks like to the fans? I don't know. Their family life is rough, though. It's true. I don't like Garrett. He's annoying. Yes. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, My comment on their actual therapy session was that, like, they've needed therapy, but, like, if they aren't going to tell anyone anything, then, like, therapy kind of isn't going to do anything. Like, you have to give to, like, get anything out of therapy. Yeah. Therapy only works, like, if you let it work. Yeah, you know? it's one of those like you can't help someone that isn't going to help themselves kinds of things. Like if the girls are just going to sit there for an hour and like exchange glances and not tell the therapist anything, then it's going to be kind of rough. Yeah. And you can tell that like part of each of them wants to say something. So it's it's a bummer that like they don't. Yeah. Well, and then um as soon as one of them starts to talk, Arya's phone goes off. And in all caps, I wrote, put your fucking phone on fucking silent. Like, Yeah, do not disturb, dude. Let's go. And, like, obviously they wanted to, like, scare them into thinking that, like, the second that one of them was going to open their mouth about AA would text them. And it was just Arya's mom. But, yeah. like, to... Like, they didn't even look at the phone in the session. They heard the Aria's phone go off, and they packed up, and they booked it out of there. Well, think about it. A has showed up everywhere, has texted them at all the most inconvenient times, and has seen everything. So I got that, but again, they're very immature, and they're not smart. 
it makes sense, but like at this point, oh, oh, children. I, I definitely wish that the girls had the opportunity to go to the therapist on their own and like they could like trade phones for this, like while they're in the session so that like if the phone went off, it would still be addressed, but not by the person talking. Ugh, they could have done this so better for the girls. Yeah. Um, I, I really like, really, I really like, I really like uh, Lucas. He's being very sweet with Caleb. Yeah. yeah Lucas all and working Caleb out. are friends. Oh. Good guy, Lucas. I have like 12 less than three hearts on, on my notes for that. Ugh. It's just super sweet, especially when he realizes that Hannah doesn't feel this way about him and he cares so much about her. But he's going to protect her in any way, but also not cross any boundaries with her and try and make her his lady. Yeah, I like what he said to Caleb, too, because, like, um, it's not, like, possessive. It's just, like, a friendly kind of situation. Yeah. Well, I think he's just also saying, like, Hannah's very special and she is worth a lot. And Caleb really she blew it last yeah. time. She doesn't deserve to be Your treated. Bullshit. Yeah. I liked, um, I liked when Caleb came to talk to Hannah. I thought Hannah was incredibly strong by not yeah. immediately accepting. I don't, I thought it was good that she didn't just immediately cave because she does need time he did really burn her and yeah. his apology was genuine and she could tell that but yeah, she, she like, he says i'm sorry she says i believe you my heart i, I also think it was really good like that he told her about the letter and like instead of just assuming that she like got it and ignored it or whatever um because I think that's another, like, trope in these kinds of drama teen situations where, like, he assumes that she got the letter so he doesn't say anything about it. And she thinks that he just didn't care. And so it, like, continues to, like, perpetuate the drama. Like, this way, it was, like, a mature conversation. Everything got out. And Hannah was able to go talk to Mona about the shitty friend yes mona she pulled. gave mona hell i was so excited there were so many ladies standing up for themselves in this episode and it just made me so flipping happy i thought it was a really nice contrast with mona's horrible apology that clearly wasn't sincere Ugh. compared to caleb do what and i saw right through it do what sweetie like don't sweetie me sweetie and Hannah throws it like right back in her face. She's like, the letter that you threw away, sweetie. Um, and I like the I like her little like dig where she's like, Yeah, Caleb hurt me, but this hurts worse. Yeah. Burn. Friends aren't supposed to turn on you like that. Yeah. No. And that's oh not God. being protected. Listen. If a boy ever breaks my heart and then writes a letter and gives it to one of you to give to me. Please give it to me. Right. Well, like, the it'd be one thing if, like, I handed it to you and you said, no, Emily, like, set it on fire. I would not tell you to set it on fire. I would clearly set it on fire myself. 
But like, if, like if I destroyed it because you asked me to, that's different than like ripping it up and throwing it away because I decided that you didn't need it. Yeah, at but least that's like, like in that's like in Gilmore Girls though, when Dean and Rory break up and Rory just wants everything thrown out, and Lorelai's like, "No, we're not going to do that," and just saves it all for him because later. Rory would have been really upset because she made a very high stakes emotional decision while she was very right. emotional. Yeah. My point is, if there if anyone gives you a letter for me, it give goes it to, to me. Yeah, it goes to you. <laughs> Not also, in the fire. <laughs> Mona and Canole are kissing. Yeah. Canole. I got confused over which boy he was for a second, because like I didn't I guess I wasn't looking at the screen when they showed his face. So I only saw like parts of it, like ears and stuff. And I was very confused as to who he was. So I made Addy tell me. Canole. But hey, at least they kissed. Two crappy people. We love when when people of equal mindsets fall in love. Yeah. No, because then they procreate, and then there's more of them. You're right. Yeah, but smart people can have horrible children, too. Oh, yeah. It's true. Um, oh, and then Spencer's trying on clothes, and the first shirt that she's wearing is wrinkled. But the black top that she puts on is cute. Yeah. I thought it was a cute outfit. And I like that Melissa knew immediately that it wasn't, like, that it was a dress-up outfit, you know? Yeah, that's the thing is, like, they have moments like this where it's like, oh, they're, like, genuinely sisters. And then there's moments where it's, like, two strangers that happen to live in the same house and have the same parents. Yeah. Their relationship is so, like, like 180s back and forth. Sisters. Sister, sister. But I like that she brought up um, that Ian could never leave her and then shares the baby name. I think there's just Which, that moment that's where... That's a cute name for a baby. Yes. I just think it shows that Melissa kind of realized she was being swept up in the heat of everything and she got yeah. some time to recharge and reevaluate what's going on and realize, well, oh, we can't pit ourselves against each other right now like we need everyone we're all going through horrible stuff yeah and well and then she says to spencer i wasn't listening but i am now yeah so like i think like i mean like anybody they all react like everybody reacts differently to a trauma or like a big event like she was in a car accident and in the hospital and now all of a sudden her husband and baby daddy is missing like her kid sister like crying wolf again isn't necessarily something that she's like willing to pay attention to until she realizes that like oh maybe spencer isn't crying wolf yeah which like everyone gets wrapped up in their own shit sometimes yeah and like in melissa's defense like being in a car accident while you're pregnant extremely scary so. Getting in a car accident anytime is yeah. pretty scary. Can vouch for that. Yes. Um. Oh, I like when they go to um, Fitz's apartment 
and Hannah <laughs> thinks it's a freaking playboy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Toby it's is like the sweetest human being on the planet, by the way. Like like cutting off the thing for Emily and then like saying, no, 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 I'll, I'll fix it so it looks like the way it's supposed to. Oh, he's just like, a, he's such a, a sweet little. Yeah. Sweet little bean. I like that they're friends. Mm-hmm. I like that they're friends and he's dating Spencer. Like, I think both of those are good environments for Toby to fit into. Yes. And then shirtless. Then we go to Fitz's apartment and he's shirtless. And I laughed because uh, he looks like a baby. Like, he doesn't look like a grown up in his plaid pajama pants. No, they're trying to make him look younger so he, like... Right. Well, and then for for as mature as Caleb and Hannah's conversation was, Arya and Fitz's conversation sounds like an adult talking to a child. Which, like, it obviously is an adult it is. talking to a child. But, like, but like I, was, I was thinking about, like, the... Because I just finished watching The Vampire Diaries from beginning to end. So the whole vampire trope thing is in my brain where like they have this guy that's been 17 for 160 years, but he still acts like a 17 year old so that the age difference doesn't seem creepy. So you've got this 160 year old man that's like super immature and it makes no sense. Like at least in this situation, like they act like Fitz is the adult but like it's so irritating because they think that they have this great relationship and it's so bad. Yeah. It's just date people that are in a similar life space to you guys. And if you're an adult, don't date a minor. Yeah. And if you're a minor, don't fall for dating an adult. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Don't be safe out there. And then then Arya leaves and gets that picture from A and is like, what's missing? And so then Arya runs back and checks for the key under the mat. But like, why is she shocked? I mean, the key was just under the mat. Yeah. That's a dumb place to put a key. picked her up like now that you said Addie that you were gonna like pay attention to where they have conversations and stuff it like has stuck in my brain and now I've started paying attention to it like Aria goes to his apartment to go on that date with him that one time and she like goes to get buzzed up and he pulls up in a limo out front which means that like if A is paying attention to them Everybody in the town that was there with eyeballs could see Fitz picking up Aria in a limo in front of his apartment building. And, like, his name is probably on the buzzer box. So, like, it wouldn't be that hard for A to figure it out. Like, they act like you can even see into his apartment from the street level. And she's there quite a bit of time. So, it's... Yeah, she acts like A is this, like, super genius, but, like... They're the least secretive, secretive couple in the universe. Yeah, they don't do a very good job of hiding it. Not one bit. Especially when he had his shirt off and they were still, like, hanging out in his doorway. I'm like, anyone in that apartment complex could open the door, see them. 
Yeah. <sighs> well, A knows that she's with the teacher, so that's true too. Like we had I think we had this conversation like back in season one. Um, about how like Arya just kind of shows up his, at his apartment and kind of already knows that he's where he's living, but you don't ever see them kind of con- like have the consensus that she's gonna like go to his apartment. So it seems like she just kind of found out where his apartment was. But in like a small town, if there's only one apartment building, it's not that hard to guess that maybe he lives there. True. Like if Arya could figure it out, A could figure it out. A has figured everything out so far pretty easily. So I don't know why they're shocked. Um, And I'm very proud of them for all like talking about telling the therapist about the A stuff going on. And I'm even more proud of Emily for being the one that brings it up. Yes. Good for her. Emily's my fave. So like they... Well, and then I realized they they were talking about, like, we're going to tell the therapist. And then they basically, like, immediately go to the therapist because they're all in the same outfits. Yeah. I I like that Emily's the one that says, uh, I'm starting to think that maybe we should tell someone about this. Like, I'm beginning to have the thought that maybe this is a good idea. I feel like they have that thought quite a bit of time, but they just never go with it. I'm pretty sure Emily said at least twice, like, we should tell someone. Definitely. She's on on her game. Um, And then... And then Fitz's diploma is what A stole from the apartment, and it's on the bookshelf in the shrink's office. And Hannah steals it so smooth. Yeah. Well, she is the thief. She's had a lot of practice. Um, oh, and then uh, I was like, so Arya should probably tell Ezra about A. At this point. I mean, B and C already know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then they have that whole A conversation, like, outside in public on the street in front of the therapist's office, which, like, dumb idea. And then, um, and then Aria's parents come in. And tell her that she can't have friends anymore. And then we get the montage of all the girls being sad. Yeah. Those were tough times. Um, I thought when it came up next, Spencer's a proper overreaction to thinking someone is in the house and potentially yeah. to kill her. I literally read, I was like, okay, so Spencer's overreaction to Toby is great. She seemed normal and not a robot. Like, well, oh right, no, like my friend is move. gone. <laughs> the bushes move, so she like locks all the doors. And when she realizes she can't get to all the doors, she goes and grabs a knife and hides behind the kitchen island. So smart. Yeah. Oh, good job. Good job. And then I thought it was really funny that like when Toby leaves, he tells Spencer to like lock all the doors. And I'm like, dude, you were the one being creepy. <laughs> Yeah, but I think he was kind of joking. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he was just teasing her. Um, And then the poor, the poor shrink is walking around in the dark, and there's a spooky second shadow. A 
Though the shrink's um, car has a very cute unlock sound. It has yeah. the same thing! I was like, why doesn't my car sound that adorable? Ugh, I have literally the same note right there. <laughs> um, and, then, and then Spencer finds Melissa's phone getting texts from a blocked number that <gasps> dun, sounds dun, dun. And then they all go to the warehouse and, or the, not the warehouse, the greenhouse. The greenhouse. And I thought it was smart that they're like, what's the name of our baby? And then. But they, they said, the, they said the name of the baby before they got the answer from the blocked number. Like if A was listening. Oh, I had the same thought. I was like. I was like, why don't you wait until you get the text and then tell everybody if it's right or wrong? Because like, then, if they think that A is always around. Yeah. Were there um, were those gunshots afterwards? That is that is that what I heard? <laughs> in in the show or right now? Yeah, yeah. No, in the show. Oh, I was <laughs> like, right now I just burped. I didn't think that sounded like a gunshot. <laughs> No, I'm in suburbia right now. There's definitely no gunshots here. Um, I don't know what the noise was, but there was definitely some kind of noise. Yeah, to me it sounded like there were two little gunshots. And I was like, whoa, this show's bringing it up. And then go back and it brings it all back to the closing where that realtor, who I wrote was creepy in the beginning. Yeah, now the I know realtors are so creepy anyway. Allowing that person with their black gloves on to just be right. on a computer. And it's also like, I'm going to assume Emily had her computer shut because most of them, like, you open it and it's already logged in. Again, very dumb. But this person probably to, like, get in there, clear the hard drive. Like, that's not quick and easy stuff to do right away. You no, have to realtor left that like left that person alone like first off they're showing a house to someone that showed up in like burglar's clothes well we don't know what the whole outfit looks like okay it's like a black hoodie and black gloves though so like but like if it's cold outside maybe i would be wearing gloves maybe (laughs) maybe i just always dress like a burglar and don't realize it (laughs) Um, but like sketchy ass person shows up to see a house and you just like leave them alone. Like, cause it's one thing to leave your client alone in a house that you're showing that like someone isn't living in, but you don't just like let people wander around a house alone. If the sellers are still living there. That's probably true. And they would have had to have been alone for a long ass time. I mean, maybe not in the like lore of the show though, because remember all of the girls with like one click were able to block everything. Oh man, life used to be so easy. I blocked all unknown emails, all unknown phone calls, all unknown AIM messages, like all all with just one little boop from the same website. Boop boop skidoo. Here's episode two. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think that's basically it. I mean, that is the only other notes that I have um, are 
Mona says somebody drinks breast milk and then Hannah goes, what? And Mona goes, boob milk. You can buy it online. And I just, that really made me happy. I thought it was very funny. Breast milk as a diet plan seems disgusting. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely better options out there. Also, Again, it doesn't make Mona a lot of sense. Spreading dumb rumors. Yet calling and other people out for gossiping. She is the queen of gossip. I mean, Mona was just trying to be shitty to get those girls to walk away. So, like, I highly doubt she actually believes what she was saying. I like, mean, she, she spreads dumb rumors. She keeps calling Lucas. Um, her. Yeah, so she's not, like, she's constantly spreading stuff. She knows what she's doing. I don't think she's trying to be nice about hannah i think she's trying to manipulate hannah because she knows hannah's the only one who will fall for it definitely she's just a jerk all the time yeah oh yeah mona's the worst all right but yeah that was that um yeah wait i have a few predictions that Addie made to me earlier this morning while we were watching um the show together okay that i would like to share (laughs) um one is that uh, melissa might be having an affair and it might not be ian's baby so like when they um when they got the message that like knew the baby's name um addy thought maybe like it was a different person was the dad Um, okay and then also, she, my favorite prediction I think she has ever made is that Emily is A because her converse are so clean. And Hannah at one point says the sentence, she's talking about the therapist, but she says you can tell a lot about someone by their shoes. <laughs> yeah, Emily's converse were way too clean for a teenager. <laughs> okay. So there you have it, folks. That's what's going to happen. So I have a clarifying question. Mm -hmm. Um, So if Melissa is having an affair, then do you think Ian is still alive or do you think Ian is dead? Because after our talk last week, based on this episode title, you said that Ian was still alive. I mean... I still don't have it. I have not changed or added to the prediction, so that shouldn't go in the prediction folder. Okay, so in so you're still you're still not sure. Yeah. Okay. Haven't watched enough of this drama to get a proper a proper reading. (laughs) I mean, Spencer gave me a little more emotion this time, so my readings went up a bit. Good. Sounds good. Um. The episode next week is uh, season two, episode two, the goodbye look. What does that mean to you, Addie? What a fun title. It is. Well, I wonder then if this uh, therapist telling them that they have to be separated is going to be a bit more serious. The parents will take that more seriously. Ezra... And Arya could split up for a little bit, so that could be the goodbye look. Um, 
Ian could be dead with his eyes bulging out while he's in the ground. And that's a goodbye luck to Melissa. Though that one's pretty gruesome. I don't think it's going to go that way. But for humor, it would be entertaining. If I got that right as a prediction, I would be very <laughs> surprised. <laughs> but hey, know. it's ABC Family. We gotta bring some trauma. Um, I love all of those. A very a, a nice take on the title. Yeah. I don't remember this next episode. Neither do I. So I am excited to see which of these things is true. And if they're all true, that would be entertaining. <gasps> Could you imagine? I guess they all none of them cancel the other ones out. No, not really. They could all be true. All right, let's see if I can get this bread. I thought we already got this bread. I'm going to get more bread next week. Well, then you'd be getting that bread, not this bread. That's all the secrets we can share today. For all of our updates, or if you just want to say hi, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at APLL Podcast. Or you can send us an email at aprettylittleliarspodcast at gmail.com. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. We'd like to extend our thanks to Tim Buell for the marvelous music. And a thank you to Anne Allen for the amazing artwork. And an extra special thank you to you for listening. Until next time, bitches. bitches.